Here we go, episode 256, The Last Days. I am your host, Alpha Mike, and we are transmitting high atop of Florida's peninsula at 108 feet. Today we are going to dive in to the most important aspect of Scripture. What happens? And that is titled, The Last Days. We'll look at three books in the New Testament that will take us on this journey. How do you get in contact with us? It's real easy. Radacop.com. You can hear the audio portion of our website where you can hear all our episodes from number one to number 256 and beyond. That's a whole lot of listening. And our official website, RaiderCopNation.com, where you can get more information about us, what's coming, who are these guys, all that is answered there. We're on social media, don't forget. We're even on the little bird again. Why? Because everybody else is They're looking for us on Twitter, will be Raider Cop. But on all social platforms, you can find us either on as Raider Cop, Raider Cop Podcast, or Raider Cop Nation. And of course, we're on Getter. We encourage you to get on Getter because we're kind of pushing in that direction. Uh, definitely by 2022, we'll be pushing in that direction. And you can find this there as Raider Cop Podcast. So, you know, when we do these episodes of the AWOL series, it is the Word of God. We will be doing these episodes at the end of the month, preferably the last Sunday of the month. And so we're, we're not going to do the three miserable stories of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue living in the Bolshevik states. And we're not going to do the joke of the week. We're going to dive right into the subject matter, which is scripture. And I've often said that you can train up in weaponry, you can train up in law enforcement, you can even do academical studies in law and so forth. But whatever you're training yourself up for, you're missing a huge component of that ready training aspect without having God in your corner. Listening to pieces or parts of the Bible give you certain understanding. But, of course, we can't go through the whole entire thing on a podcast or an episode. So we are creating a wall uh, series, and you can find that on RadioCopNation.com. And... Listen to those episodes. Each of them, of course, are different in what it's what we're talking about. Is the it's about faith. It's about prayer. It's about uh, the last days. So whatever the subject is, it's there for you. And if you believe that there is a higher power and that Jesus Christ died for you and for me on the cross because of our sins and to bear 
that punishment. He has bared that punishment for us by God giving his only begotten son in form of Jesus Christ and dying on the cross, then you're halfway into understanding what scripture is. For those that are non-believers reading scripture, it sounds like Charlie Brown, the cartoon where the adults talk and it goes wah, 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 wah. Well, that's pretty similar to what reading scripture is if you're not saved. Sure, you can understand certain parts of the word, but the understanding of what God is telling you comes through spiritual revelation. Therefore, you can read one chapter today or one verse and then read that same chapter years later and it has a total different meaning because it's dealing with your present situation that's how come we say as believers that the word is alive it even says it in the book of Genesis God uh, was with the word at the time of creation. So, and one is the same. So today we're going to look at three verses, and that is uh, three books in the New Testament, as I said. We're going to go to the book of Acts, and that is chapter 2, verse 16 through 21. Then we're going to change over to 2 Timothy's chapter 3, verse 1 through 9. And we're going to finish this episode off with the book of James, chapter 5, verse 1 through 20. Now, we could be here for months at a time talking about the last days. But I'm going to read these three chapters, uh, these verses, and then we'll talk about them. But before we get to that, we'll talk about the last days and the significance of it and the most important element that God gives all human beings. And that is self-will. Self-will to believe what you're hearing or to push it aside. Many people won't totally push it aside and they'll say, well, I don't disrespect what you're talking about, but I don't believe it. Or I believe God in my way. Or you'll have other people say, <coughs> excuse me, that God is in various forms and various uh, symbols in other religions. But none of that is really true. The application of Scripture is black or white. It is very simple to understand. Just as simple as God gives each human being the ability to believe or not believe. God doesn't say, okay, well, tell me what part you believe 
will separate those from the ones you don't believe and will work something out. No, that's not what he says. You believe he exists or you don't. You believe that his only begotten son was Jesus Christ. He died on a cross bearing our sins. And if we believe in him, we are born to eternal life after declaring that we are sinners and our heart is pure in that declaration. Don't believe any part of that? Then you're on the non-believer side. So there's no middle ground here as many politicians like to do. There is believer or non-believer and there are many that say that they're believers, but their actions and their everyday to do is contrary to believing. What they want to appear as, of course, is a believer, but ultimately they're only fooling, fooling themselves because you cannot fool God. So at the end, they're the ones that are playing their own trick. So, in the last days, there will be terrible things that will occur. Of course, we believe in the rapture where the Lord Jesus Christ comes back for his church and he raptures us. Now, if I go into the particulars of everything, it will sound something similar to a Marvel movie. But it's not a movie and it has nothing to do with super cartoons in Marvel. It has to do with whether you believe or you don't believe. And for those that are believers, sometimes they have difficulty in understanding the last days. As a believer, you're always constantly believing. You're never um, coming to, I'm fully understanding every chapter in Scripture. Impossible. Because it changes. It's evolving. And as a result of that, our interpretations are slightly changing as well as God perfects us in the walk of Christianity. So again, non-believer, very difficult, don't understand, my head hurts, it's like alcohol, it's like a ginger ale in my head, I don't want to hear this any longer, or you are a believer, you kind of understand what I'm saying, and you always are looking for a good word. Recently, I purchased a book from Michael Pearl, Reverend Michael Pearl, and uh, very interesting. There's a lot of that was in that book. It was not, not a very big book, maybe 100 pages, 100 and something pages. But in the subject that were particularly of interest for me based on that book, Reverend Michael Pearl had given 
certain uh, definitions of scripture that I had never thought of. And one of the problems, there are several problems in the church, of course, and one of them are that sometimes churches preach similar words in scripture and when you hear it any other way spoken it's a revelation that's totally different and not necessarily is it different it's just your perception of thinking was different so and I'll give you a specificality of what I'm talking about in this a specific book that I was reading, written by Michael Pearl, he talks about matrimony, and he talks about that a state, right, that they issue license for matrimony could never do the job that God is in the business of doing. God is not in the business of negotiating with states on holy matrimony. So, of course, I understood there was a difference, but the, the perspective that he put it in, he says, when you obtain a license through the state to get married, it's basically a legal contract because of man's difficulties and the hardness of their heart. What's mine is mine, what's yours is yours, you're not going to get away with this, these are the ground rules, sign here. But that's not what God's intentions were. His intentions were that the two would become one body in the flesh, and that would be holy matrimony. And, you know, many, many, many years ago, that was done with a public declaration, and... Sometimes they would even declare it by writing it in their Bibles, and that was a holy matrimony. So the distinction of what the state does versus what God's intentions were were explained a little better. It's not different from anything you've ever heard about matrimony and God. But Michael Pearl explained it with a different point of view that makes you think. Interesting book. So that's what I'm I'm dis- discussing here, that sometimes believers only hear the same word kind of over and over again, and they don't look at a fresh perspective. The other problem that the church has that a lot of believers like to preach to Believers all day long. And believers already have some capacity of understanding in Scripture. But nevertheless, not all are perfect. Not all uh, uh, have fully understanding of the Word. But the church, in my opinion, spends too much time just talking to themselves. And getting the Great Commission out as Jesus declared it 
is a little bit more difficult when you're dealing with non-believers. You know, look at Jesus's ministry. You know, a lot of them were maybe believers in the Jewish faith that he interacted with, but their interpretation of God's word was different until they met him. There were also people that he made contact with that were not believers or did not understand anything about the faith. But there was a connection with Jesus. One of them, for example, or two of them are the centurion and, of course, the woman at the well. These are two instances where God or Jesus is speaking to Gentiles or people that are non-Jewish faith and discussing their life, their situation with Jesus and their brief understanding of the Jewish religion at that time had nothing to do with that conversation with Jesus because his interpretation would be divine. And of course, the scripture tells us what happened in those encounters. So those are the points I'm trying to get to that uh, God has different interpretations and based on the Holy Spirit given that interpretation to the individual. So in Scripture, it's understood as the Spirit gives testimony to the Spirit. So in this case, you're going through trials, you're going through your issues, you're reading and studying Scripture, and that Scripture is kind of familiar through what you're going through, and God will reveal issues to you of your troubles through that verse, through that book maybe, there's 66 books in the Bible, through maybe even dreams. But God will discuss with you that verse that pop out and talk to you is the living word. Today we're looking at the last word, and this is episode 256. Let's start off with the book of Acts, and we're going to turn to chapter 2 and up to uh, chapter 16, all the way to 21. I'll read it, and then we'll start diving into the importance of the last word. And it says, But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And my men servants and my Maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, 
blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. Great and awesome day of the Lord. And it wraps it all up with, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, in this uh, 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 scripture that I'm reading here, it's basically God tells us a lot of things. So let's let's kind of look at um, some things that really pop out to me. And on the first thing, it says uh, on chapter uh, verse 16, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So God had transmitted this information to Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, not some, not the, not the semi-believer, all flesh. In other words, he will still give man the benefit of the doubt in their self-will, but he will pour out, it says, his spirit on all flesh. So, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and it goes into visions and dreams that they will have. And it also says, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and uh, wonders will be seen in heaven above and on the earth beneath. Then he talks about the last days, things that will occur, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. You know, God had flooded the entire world when he talked about having resentment for even creating man, seeing how evil man was. So through Noah, the only righteous person at the time, he had told Noah to build an ark. And we all know the story. But God gave a promise at that time because Noah did as instructed and survived and we're all descendants of Noah. But one of the things that God had said that he would never destroy the world by flood or water again. As a sign of that promise, there was the creation of the rainbow. But God does tell us that when the earth is consumed, it will be consumed by fire. So here in the scripture that I read, it says the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. So, it's regarded as a great day because it's the coming of the Lord. But you have to be prepared. One thing that God is telling us in these verses when he talks about he will pour his flesh and that is his word. The actual believer 
has been in training all this time for this time in history. And if you're alive during these last days, every scripture that you've heard has been part of your training. You should have scrutinized that word. You should have built yourself up to a better understanding. Because when the bell rings and the match starts, everything that you've trained up to to that point should have built you up for that great and awesome day. So, we look at that. So, as we explore the rest of this, let's talk about the process of a believer. A believer has to, at one point, early on, have to come to the determination that they are a sinner, right? So they have to basically say, wait a minute, you know, I'm not perfect. And there are things that I could probably do better. There are things that I'm not proud of. And once they start coming into that determination, there also has to be an element to believe that there's a higher power and that that higher power has the ability to forgive them for what they are not very proud of, ashamed of, and are repenting against and can give him, him or her a new start. So the process of a believer is just that believing that that entity exists and they're not doomed. The enemy, on the other hand, is there to convict the person and tell them, are you serious? That's a fairy tale. That's not true. Nothing can save you. You're a miserable human being. You've messed up since this time and this time when you did this and when you did that and constantly convicting you of that. But Scripture is very clear that the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross was good enough. The part that's missing is your repented heart in the mix accepting that sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross and you're on the road to becoming a believer. So understanding the promises of God, God gives us so many promises and understanding that process of understanding all those promises is the beginning of your faith. To see what you cannot see and believe in something that you cannot see, but believe with all your heart that these things will be true and that there's salvation, there's healing, there's restoration, there's all kinds of things through these promises. So believing that God is faithful has always been faithful and will always be faithful is the beginning process of that believer. Building up the gifts for the last day, God, once you are starting your journey as a believer, 
of course, in the beginning, you're like a small child. That's why in Bible scripture, Paul, uh, not Paul, John describes in his writings, he calls the church my little children and so forth because they were knew the church that he was addressing in those scriptures that he regarded them as children in the faith they didn't have a total understanding they were growing in their faith so there's a process when you're a small child in the faith and you start growing into it now for those that are believers they'll tell you boy there's a big difference from when I started believing to where I am now the road has been much more difficult it has been narrower full of rocks stumbling blocks but Jesus and the Lord has been faithful and carrying me all the way even if I fall or trip his hand will lift me up so I can continue the journey. So in this journey, as you travel through it, the punches, the kicks, the strikes become harder, more afflictive towards you, the believer. Jesus said, if they hated me and you believe in me, how much more will they hate you? So the process in building up those gifts for the last days and most importantly, the great commission of Jesus saying, go to all the world and preach the gospel. Well, he wanted you to preach the gospel to save people, to make them believers, not to sell a book. So... God has given all of us different talents, some talents of wisdom, some talents of speech, some talents of prophesizing, of dreaming, and of healing, and so forth. And as far as as Scripture tells us, God has given us the commandment to be prepared. The last days is for us to be prepared. And lastly, from this book, God speaks, we need to listen. God will speak to us through visions, through dreams. It's said in that scripture that I had read. But what benefits us if God gives us a dream, a revelation, and we do nothing with it, or a vision, and we buried it. So we have to act upon, and everything in becoming a believer, you have to have effort, movement, physical movement towards a goal. There's no such thing as sitting down, looking up at the sky, saying, 
now, Lord. You have given, you've been given gifts, and you have to move those gifts forward. So let's take a look at 2 Timothy and chapter 3, verse 1 through 9. And it says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, bolsterers, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haunting, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and for such people turning away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captive of gullible women loading down with sin, led away by various lust, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt, corrupt minds disapprove concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifested to all as their also was. So, as we read these verses, we're going to talk about the beginning of birth pains. And the scripture talks about there's going to be a lot of things that resemble today's confusion, right? Scripture talks about what is bad is good, what is good is bad. We see this on a heavy day on television, right? Orange man, bad. Democrats, good. And some of you might go, well, I'm a believer, but I'm also a Democrat. That's not that's not uh, fair or that's not good on your part. Well, I don't mean to offend you, but I'll also tell you, I don't know how you could be a believer and a Democrat at the same time, especially with the beliefs that the Democratic Party has that a man could be a woman and a woman could be a man and killing a baby is a woman's choice. All these things are against biblical application. But if you fooled yourself to say, I'm a Democrat and a believer, then by all means, that's between you and God. So the beginning of birth pains is a process where there will be rumors of war. There will be great events that occur like earthquakes and volcanoes and hurricanes and all kinds of things. And this is the beginning of birth pains. The question is, are we in birth pains or are we headed towards the last days? 
Well, I can tell you one thing. We don't know when God or Jesus is coming back. Scripture has told us repeatedly, and Jesus even himself said it, no one knows the date nor the time because that is the Lord's business. But we have to be prepared, right? Not take out our app for the last days and see when it's coming so I can be ready. It's not the way it works. We have to be prepared as if it was upon us. So the beginning of birth pains is the beginning of alerting believers that through this birth pain, there's going to be a great delivery that's going to represent the last days. How will you know who they are? Who, what are these last days and these things? Turn on the television. It's one thing after another that you actually say, how has this happened? And I'll give you uh, just a small little tidbit because I don't want to get too political. But we all know what happened in Afghanistan. And it was a debacle. We've seen all these people running on the tarmac as American Air Force planes are in process of trying to take off. And people hanging on to the wheels of airplanes dying to their death trying to get out of there. And we brought back thousands of them. We don't even know who they were. See, the media told you people are trying to escape. So for you to think that they were actual like American citizens. But they were just people. How many have bad intentions? How many will do harm to our country? We just let them in. Promise to be good? Sure. Here's another example. Many older men with young children that really had no explanation of who the child was because it was probably their bride. That's how sick this is. And what are we going to come up with? Well, that's their culture. It's not ours. So that's the biggest problem. We can't continue to make excuses. Not part of our culture. Some old man getting married to a nine-year-old. So these things are in our neighborhoods now. Pedophiles. Pedophiles all over the place. We brought them here. And Obviously, God doesn't look favorable on that. So, these times are going to be even worse down the future because in the last days, in order to get to the last days, everything had to be prepared prior. And how do you prepare prior? Well... You do all the catastrophes that are happening in front of us. 
Joint Chief of Staff General got woke calling our enemy in China the don't worry. So all these things and many more things behind the curtain that we don't know, they're all going to be a part of the last days. So many will be lost. Many will perish and they will be lost because they refuse to believe the fairy tale. How many people today, in terms of thousands if not millions, quietly, we don't have to have a big poll about this, didn't like Orange Man, better known as 45, Donald Trump. And I did not vote for him. I don't like him. He does nasty tweets. So they voted for someone else, which would be Biden. And today, nine months into his presidency, people are saying, this is a runaway train. We're off the rails. How many of those people in the thousands, if not millions, regret their choice the day of the election? I'm sure it's a large number. You'll never hear it on television. But let the wise become wiser. So there's only one Orange man was bad. That's why scripture says what was bad is good and what is good is bad. Everything's reversed. Cops are bad. Defund them. Right? Simple as that. Release people from prison. They're good. They need an opportunity. Or like crazy laws in California. You can steal anything out of a store as long as it's $1,500 or less and they won't prosecute. So they're in there just grabbing stuff and walking out the door. What is bad is good and what is good is bad. So let's turn and wrap this up with the book of James starting at chapter 5 verse 1 through 20. Now the book of James James is a very um, tough writer in that he doesn't beat around the bush he gets straight to the point and this is no different so we start at chapter 5 verse 1 through 20 come now you rich weep and hollow for your misery that are that are coming upon you your riches are are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be witnessed against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasures in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers whom mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, 
crying out and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fainted your heart, your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned. You have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmers waste for the precious, precious fruit on the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another. Brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as in as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the per preservations of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, lest you fall into judgment. If anyone among you suffers, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. As if he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed the effective fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone turns his back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the errors of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sin.
there was a lot here and a part of what I read is God telling us he's given us certain trials he's given us certain situations he's given us gifts he talks about in the last days gold and silver will mean absolutely nothing today it's a value it has money it has wealth but in the last days it will mean nothing it will be corroded and will be held against you. In other words, if you're walking around with gold in your pocket or silver in your pocket, you'll be judged for having it. In other words, you'll be unlawful. You have heaped up the treasures of the last days. In other words, you everything that you're about to get, you've earned. You've earned in not being a believer. And <coughs> everything that you've labored for it and screamed and cried out for, what is it reaping you now? Misery. Pleasure and luxury, what? You might have had, but in the last days will mean absolutely nothing. But those that are patient and persevere, the Lord has always looked well upon them. And he talks about their long-suffering. He talks about the early prophets, how they were condemned and they suffered for the word and for the ministry of God. But they did not die earnestly. They did not die in vain. They died because it is recognized by God that it was a great feat that they did. Their patience and belief has gotten them compassion from the Lord and His mercy has rained down upon them to save them. It goes on and it says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Today, people don't want to be on any side of any position. Look at our, and I keep on using political references because it's in your face today for a reason. But Republicans are weak-kneed. And sometimes their yes means no and their no means yes. So they'll go out to their constituents and they go, we are not going to agree. And then later, they're voting for it. So let your yes be yes and your no mean no. In the affirmative, in the affirmative we say amen. That's the way it is. If anyone among you suffers, let him pray. If anyone is cheerful, let him sing psalms. So in all these trials that are coming, we need to pray. We need to praise the Lord. Continue. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. That's why God has preserved those elders. There's a gift that they 
have to perform. And it goes all the way down to the end where those that have endured to the end. So this is a trial. This is going to be a great time. We recently went through coronavirus. We were told, stay in your house and lock the door. We were lied to repeatedly. Our feelings are hurt. Some of us lost income. Some of us made income. But this is not the last days. This is a bunch of goofballs in politics that are trying to strip our rights away. And whether they succeed or do not succeed in this time is not the issue. The issue is they are paving the way for the last days and for what is going to occur during those last days. And that includes the enemy, which is Satan. And they're preparing that road. So God tells us at the end of what we've read, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the errors of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. So in those last days, there'll be a lot of people that will turn from their belief. But if you save them, you will in turn cover a multitude of your own sin. Difficult times I'm not going to tell you are coming, are here. It only gets worse from here. But God tells us to sing psalms and pray. In other words, never allow your joy to be held Captive. Regardless of what occurs, if you're a believer, you know how it ends. If you're a non-believer, you don't know how it ends. You think you do, but you don't. The question is, what if you're wrong? And where you think you're going, you don't go and you end up somewhere else. As sad as that sounds, that brings us to the conclusion of The Last Days, episode 256. I don't want to leave you in that negative tone. Remember that the Word of God is positive. The Word of God is powerful. There is of everything that He says about the last days and having you out. But you have to be the bearer of that huge obstacle that's in your way is Jesus real did God send his only begotten son Jesus to die on a cross for my sins and through that act am I forgiven and if I recognize I'm a sinner and I say with a repented heart I'm saved You're the one that has to jump that huge, huge obstacle that's in your way. God didn't place it in your way. You placed it yourself with self-will. Up next, 
Raider Cop Podcast. Believe it or not, we're up to episode 257 is coming up. Jeez, I, I just remember the first podcast like if it was yesterday. But we're going to start in uh, the month of October. is coming fast upon us, but we got one more for the month of uh, actually, you got two more for the month of September. And uh, no, I was right, one more. And that is uh, September 29th, Critical Issues in Policing, episode 258. And then we run into October. I'll just read them real quick. October uh, has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine episodes. That's a lot. I'll read them off. The Woke Sheriff. One Big Happy Family in Jail. The Changing of the Guard. Open the Books. Tumac. Uh, that's part of the Wise Guys series. Safe, Clear, and Empty Drills. Gun series. Interview with Triple A Gunsmith. Looking forward to that. That's episode 264. 265, Command and Feedback, part of the Roll Call series. Reserve Police Force for America, episode 266. And we wrap off, we finish off the month of October, episode 267. As people are saying, trick or treat, knocking on doors. We're going to talk about October 31st, trick or treat last day that's right we're going to dive in to the meaning of Halloween and is it a trick or is it a treat it is my pleasure to be your host on Radio Cop Podcast continue to pray for yourself because we need you in this game and test everything hold fast what is good I'm out of here.